Welcome back to the Wedding Wisdom Podcast. This is episode 89, and I am delighted to be looking at Rochelle Kozer. Sorry, actually, we uh, um, I go by my middle name, so Kozer is my last name. It is Rochelle Doreen Event, which is my middle oh, name. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so let's start oh, from no. the beginning. So my guest okay. is Rochelle Doreen. Mm-hmm. My guest today is Rochelle Kozer, whose middle name is Doreen. Let's start again. Shall I say Rochelle Doreen? Uh, Rochelle Doreen Kozer. Okay. So my guest today, you realize I'm going to leave this all in. <laughs> <laughs> my yeah. guest today It'll is Rochelle Doreen Kozer <laughs> of Rochelle Doreen Events in both New York and Newport Beach, California. And I couldn't be more delighted. Rochelle, yeah. what do you think? I'm excited to be here. I was I, I was a little nervous, but yeah, no, I'm excited. It's great to, I mean, not all your podcasters can see you, but it's great to see your face here. And I mean, there's a million things I want to touch on from what we were talking about the other day, <laughs> but where did you go to school and what, what did you major in? And I actually dropped out of school pretty young. My mom didn't know. <laughs> your mom didn't know? Did I dropped out of um, college and because I was working full time and, and I, you know, in my young 19 year old head, I'm like, I'm making money. I'm good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I was working in hospitality and I really liked it. I mean, I did everything. And, and I have to say that um, before people go out to eat, they should be required to, to wait tables for a month and, and get certified to dine out. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. That's hysterical. Tell me why, why you but, say that. Well, no, just in general, just to understand and um, have some sympathy from from where the servers are coming from and the inner workings. And but I will say that being a waitress and um, I, you know, I managed restaurants, I waitressed, I bartended, I, you know, worked the back of house, front front of house, and I kind of did everything. And it really helped me as an event planner going into these venues and knowing how to respect and not step on toes when I'm working with other people and, and kind of be, just understanding the inner workings that sometimes people don't know if they've not done those things. Just in general, I think that working in that environment teaches you how to deal with different personalities, different situations, like depending on if, whether you panic in a situation or you can bring some calm and clarity. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it, it really translates all the way through, like, I mean, for most jobs, but specifically in the events industry, I think that those skills have really helped me along the way. A waiter at a restaurant mm-hmm. has a lot of interaction. You're dealing with tips. and However, when the servers at a wedding or an event make sure that every tray is full and every napkin is folded, and you might not ever speak to anybody as a waiter at an event. Would you say that that's right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll probably talk about this later in terms of balance and being present. And I don't want to go too off topic, but I was just thinking about things being like Instagrammable and sharing with everyone what you're doing and what you're seeing, but not being present to the fact that like I can sit down at a table and look at a folded napkin and really think about what went beyond that. Like who folded that? Thinking about the steps to where all these things got to you instead of just showing up, taking photos, you know, like just being present and experiencing the event and being so appreciative of all the things and, and all the people involved in producing this, I think is something really interesting. All the little things that connect the dots to get them that hot 
plate and <laughs> that folded napkin and that clean fork and that shined glass and that amazing arrangement and that, you know, so sorry, that's a bit of a tangent, but <laughs> no, it, but it's a, it's a tangent, but it's a great tangent. And it's something that I always thought since the first mm -hmm. event I ever played, mm -hmm. which is people walk into an event mm -hmm. and there's magically a band playing. Yeah. There's beautiful China napkins and forks and flowers and design elements that you might not even be taking in. Mm -hmm. And it's just magic. It's yeah. just there. Mm -hmm. it's, I guess it's the same as any job. I mean, you walk into Macy's and you say, oh, cool. Here's Macy's. But 500 people had to show up for work. Yeah. You know, sorry, it's six o'clock in the morning. And, you know. Yeah. All right. So let's start from the beginning. Okay. Again. <laughs> so Hi, you, were, <laughs> you were in <laughs> this is Rochelle Doreen. What were you doing in California before you moved to New York? Had you started this events company in California? No, my events company started in 2018. Oh, However, okay. I have been producing events. I've actually freelanced for a company for gosh, almost like 16 years doing events all over. So without mentioning the name of the company, they hire me on a freelance basis to, to be on site with my clients and act as a liaison, the hotel with the vendors and just making it an exceptional event and kind of anticipating their needs, you know, and it's the same group every year that I travel with and I produce these events. Like a, a corporate outing that happens every year. Yeah. So sometimes we're in Scotland, sometimes we're in Ireland, sometimes we're in Alaska. So it, it's all over. Oh, nice gig if you like traveling. I do love to travel. And what's great is whenever I go, I just tag on an extra three weeks and I'm like, I'm going to stay in Europe. Yeah. What a, so, oh, that's great. I love that. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've worked with them. I still, you know, consult and work with them on a case by case basis, depending on what's going on with my company. I love being a host and I just want to see smiles on faces. Even in a restaurant, it's sometimes it's hard for me to sit down and I don't work there, but I want to make sure I'm helping the staff and making sure my guests are okay. And, you know, it, it, everyone's like, you're, you, you don't work here. Sit Relax, down. Relax, you're not working. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I love all those elements and I love getting creative with it and, uh, you know, just thinking outside of the box in terms of what can we do to make this experience different than the last one. There is this subset of venues in New York that I am not usually at because my band is usually between eight and 12 pieces. Yeah. But they are small private clubs in Manhattan mm -hmm. that people use as almost like, like they join a golf club, except for the fact that there's no golfing. What are some of the ones in, in New York? Sadly, I don't know that a ton are going to make it through this, but Right yeah. now, there's Soho House, one that I worked for for a very long time was Norwood. There's H Club, there's Conduit, there's Assemblage, there's The Wing. There, I mean, there's a plethora and it. All of them have something different to offer. Some are more tech-focused, some are more women-focused, writer-focused, but they are communities. A lot of times people want to have workspaces where they can conduct their meetings, looking a bit professional, but also having the opportunity to network. And then a lot of these social clubs offer movie nights, panel discussions, tastings. It, it just really depends on the club and what their, what their focus is. Ours was arts focused. We had sketch classes. We had amazing art on every floor. We had different members that would curate the art once a year. 
like art in all form. You know, we had people in marketing, we had people in events, we had photographers, actors, dancers. But then, you know, the reality is, is sometimes you have to have advocates for the art. So sometimes you might have people in finance and, you know, these other areas, but you have to have that good balance because, you know, when you're coming into network in a social club, you don't want to have everyone just in the same industry and the same thing. You want to have that young filmmaker looking for someone in finance or connecting those dots. And that's kind of what, you know, beyond producing events there, we were really connecting the dots for our members as well, which was pretty cool to see what came out of those things. It is really funny, this concept of (laughs) dot connecting, (laughs) because I've had a bunch of people use that expression. And even through the podcast, Joy Locke told me about Amanda O'Callaghan, who mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. our guest two episodes ago, who told me about you and the other three ladies yeah. of We Will Gather. I don't know if you wanted to talk about that. Yeah, we could definitely talk about that. So you're part of the Amanda O'Callaghan tree. Yeah. This private arts club that I worked at, I met a photographer there who invited me to a trip upstate to look at properties where I met Amanda and I met Nancy and I met Greta. Who were, by the way, the next three guests. Yes. The We Will Gather Collective. I didn't listen to all of Amanda's podcast yet, but I don't know if she told you the whole story, but we were driving upstate and... COVID's hitting. So this is March, 2020. I think it was March 10th, 2020. We're all okay. in the car, first time meeting each other in confined space. <laughs> yeah. And all we're driving upstate, we leave the city and all of a sudden it's like, ding, 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 ding. All our phones are just ding, 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 ding. Everything's canceling. That's canceled. That event's canceled. My wedding in Mexico's canceled. Oh my God. I had a nonprofit event in Mexico as well. This like a week after canceled. I was supposed to go to Morocco, canceled. We're all just sitting there looking at each other. Like we felt like we were going to come back to New York and it was going to be like the apocalypse. No one's there. Like, (laughs) so I left early because I'm like, I got to get out of here before I get stuck. So I, I, now what was this? This was, we were looking at property for um, events. Like in the Hudson Valley. Um, Amanda who specializes in that area. Yep coordinated this whole trip for us, picked us up from the train station and showed us around all these spaces. She coordinated the whole thing. She's amazing. But what happened is we all got back and we were like, oh, well, let's jump on a call. And we only spent that one day together. But then every week we kept getting on a call to be like, how are you navigating this? And what are you doing with your contracts? And da, 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 da. And we just became a support system because you are working alone a lot Yeah. when you have your own events company. And it was just really nice to have these other entrepreneurs, owners. Kindred spirits. Yeah. And we started talking every week and it just became a thing. And we, we started, we will, the, we will gather collective and we have some grand ideas for the future, but so we'll see where it goes. <laughs> In fact, if you listen to us, the end of the podcast, you'll hear me say to Amanda, can I join? Yeah, join. <laughs> Join. I have a team, but sometimes it's just great to get outside opinions. Oh, sure. And uh, not to disparage it in any way, but the team works for you. Yeah. As opposed to yeah. peers that you're just getting mm-hmm. objective, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I've tried mm-hmm. this, tried yeah. that, you know. Yeah, it's, it's nice to get like you have a business. And the reality, too, is we're, we all do sim- similar yeah. things, but we all have very different personalities and styles. So, you know, it is collaboration over competition, you know, is, is kind of a thing that we promote. And it's 
we're collaborating on things and sharing ideas and helping you know each other out and sharing resources versus being like you know um, seeing each other as a threat i gotta tell you something really really interesting which is mm-hmm. that i don't know the name of a single other band leader in new york well i, I know some of the names but I've never spoken to them. We don't hang out. I don't know what they charge. And I have no interest in. And mm-hmm. I've spoken to photographers who feel the same way, that they know who the competition is, but they're not really friends with the competition. Now I've spoken to florists feel the same way. The only exception are planners or producers yeah. or designers who all can talk lovingly and knowingly and go out to dinner with their mm-hmm. direct competition. And yeah. I think yeah. that's beautiful. I really do. And it is absolutely unique among event planners. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically in the music industry, I've talked to a few people and they're like, no, we, we don't talk. They're, oh, it's, it's not just like, me. Okay. No, it's not you. I, I had a, um, a company out here that I'm like, oh yeah. Like, have you ever thought about, do you like shoot the shit? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 please. <laughs> shit with other people in your industry to, and they're like what it looked at me like I was a crazy I person but I, you know yeah, yeah. um and and I wouldn't say this is true for all planners but it, it but there is a big community of planners yeah I'm sure there's plenty of bitchy you know people who are gonna stab you in the back you know but you know <laughs> for the most part it seems like a pretty straight ahead you know crew yeah 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 so exactly. tell me what you did at the Norway because I was fascinated because you said in in the peak like right before COVID, I think you said you were doing 15 events a week. Well, I worked there for 11 years. I was running, you know, I was producing events on the side here and there. Um, I actually physically started my company in 2018 while I remained working at Norwood. Mm-hmm. It was a fun, wild ride. I learned so much. It brought out so many great things and not to take focus off of what I'm doing now, but a big part of what I'm doing now has to do with who I became during that time. The people I worked with and the people I worked for really allowed for me to unleash this creative side and gave me such freedom and such respect. Just describe some of the events without naming, because I know these things are called private clubs because they're private clubs, (laughs) because they want to remain private. Um, So without mentioning names or the names of companies or um, just describe 15 events in a week. A week, yeah. I mean, on average, we were doing fifteen events. So a just week. We just describe like an average what an average day would be. I mean, so so fifteen events a week sounds terrifying, but sometimes it was. It was sometimes, but um, sometimes that could just be like a small mixer, right? You know, a few people, or it could be a small meeting. I mean, or it could be like I mentioned, like we did a, a drink and draw, like a sketch class where we have someone. So you didn't mention the drink part. In the drink, I would have joined. <laughs> It was a drink and draw. We had so many small events going on that, you know, was in collaboration with our membership department. But then in terms of me producing private events, it was, we were doing really curated dinners where I, we would totally customize the menu with our chef. Um, I mean, amazing dinners uh, pretty regularly. And then I would, gosh, I had members come to me and be like, I want to do this thing. I don't know what it is. What do you think? And I would just spit out ideas. And then, um, 
they'd be like, that all sounds amazing. So a lot of times I got to produce these wild things. And one of them in particular, and I'll go ahead and mention the, not the client, but the, the vendor I worked with, Scene Real Productions. Mm -hmm. Scene, like movie scene. Mm -hmm. Probably mm -hmm. a cool name. Mm -hmm. So Scene Real Productions, incredibly talented writers, um, performers, dancer. I mean, they're amazing. And I met them at Norwood and then uh, we were talking and I'm like, I have this event. They want to do this. And, and they whipped up a script and a whole show for this dinner experience with theater and dancing and scavenger hunt and a puzzle that everyone had to put together. It was phenomenal. Another time we were having drinks together. I'm like, gosh, you guys should do a full house experiential event. And they created the Unbrunch. The Unbrunch was an experiential brunch. Um, we hosted it at the club on Sundays because it wasn't open on Sundays. And so you come in and you, you could buy tickets. For point of reference, I don't know if you've ever heard of Sleep No More, but that kind of where instead of you following, it's a instead of you sitting down and watching a show, you follow the characters through the show. So for the Unbrunch, it was Alice in Wonderland. So you're like, I want to follow the rabbit. I'm going to follow the rabbit through the house and his storyline. And then he would interact with different characters in different parts. And then it would repeat, you know, periodically. So if you and I went to the show right. together, you followed right. Alice, I followed the rabbit, someone else followed the Mad Hatter. We'd all come back telling completely different stories of what happened during the show. Oh, wow. So that is experiential. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's really cool. Hard to do right now in yeah. <laughs> 2020, but um, we, I'm actually talking to them about collaborating on a few things towards the end of the year and, and next year. So that was just one of the most amazing things that I did because my boss allowed me to get as creative as I wanted within the space. Any hesitation was never there. He's like, because it's it. an arts club so, and you're dealing yes, with creatives. Yeah. I did some big holiday parties for some tech companies and they were really like, what do you think? And, and there was a lot of history in the house that I was working within. And I'm like, well, we could make each floor a different time period. And you know, this could be space. This could be this. They could. So I then pull in all my actors and performers and create different sets on each floor. We did like a Mad Men floor. We did like a 1940s. Oh, like a 1950s Mad Men. Yeah, yeah. 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 So we actually had two actors as they came in pretending to be the host of the house. And the house was built in 1845. So it was these actors from 1845 introducing them to the home and walking oh them through God, the house. Oh my God. That's great. Could you describe the house? Because you said several different floors, just to get a picture. Five floors, uh, landmark brownstone, original flooring on most of the floors, original crown molding, beautiful garden. On average, I was producing 18 weddings a year in addition to all the other holiday parties and corporate events that we were doing. And it said you could so. seat the main, in the main room, you could seat, seat 40 and you can have standing uh, In the dining room, 75. There had to be some converting of um, space for additional dining, but yeah, yeah. Anywhere from like 40 to 70, depending if we converted areas. My area of specialty right now and, and then is was really intimate affairs where, where I think are a trend that are gonna be here to stay in terms of more intimate and thoughtful experience events and weddings and, and all of these things where, where 
you actually get to see all your guests. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, and actually spend yeah. time with each one. Yeah, I've done plenty of events where we mass produced dinner for a thousand people. Yeah. However, there is something to be said about a dinner experience for 50 to 75 people that's a little bit different in terms of what you can offer and, you know, touching the tables and really interacting with those guests. I have to say my favorite part of producing events and, and working with the vendors is, is developing these relationships. And and hopefully you and I become great friends, but um, I would- hey, I would love nothing more. <laughs> but I would say that 90% of my vendors still, even if they're on different journeys in their life now, we still check in with each other, whether it's text, email, call, LinkedIn, social media. But we talk pretty regularly and even more so during, you know, I've been more connected to the East Coast being on the West Coast than I was probably when I was there. So right. it is really constantly finding ways to help each other. I'll bring up a random story. I had this client in New York who I did events with. She, would, she brought me events and one day she asked me if I would mentor her daughter. And I, I remember thinking, you want me to mentor? Like, okay, like... <laughs> All right. Like, so, yeah. And once I started talking to her, I'm like, oh, you know what? I do have value in terms of like my journey. I remember it was a really busy day and I was like, oh gosh, this is like sprung on me. I'm really busy, but I'm like, nope, this is a, this is a good client. I'm going to, I'm going to take the time to talk to her daughter mm -hmm. and her and I haven't seen each other in probably two years. You know, who's sending me all my business right now? This client that I mentored her no. daughter, and she's just sending things my way and it's not having ulterior motives, doing things for other people really you just don't know how they're going to pay off in the long run. And, and I just think that's such a like community helping each other, building each other up. And yeah, no, I think that's great. I mean, that's that whole pay it forward concept, mm -hmm. which is, yeah, absolutely. which I think is so beautiful because you didn't plan that to happen, mm -mm. but what a beautiful result. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. When I was in New York, I got so many emails, I mean, all day long. And the biggest thing for me is I, I want to respond and treat everyone with respect. And, and even if I can't help you, I'm going to try to connect you with someone I think that can help you or say, not right now, try back in like six months, a year, whenever, you know, stay in contact, mm -hmm. good luck, but never brushing people off. And not everyone always gets that concept in the, in the industry and, and. Oh, you notice that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, just, even if it's like, Hey, we're not a good match, but reach out to this person. It takes five seconds. And I'm telling you, you just don't know where people are going to be or where you're going to be in five years, 10 years, 20 years. And it's just so important to, even if they can't help you ever to just treat people with respect. Yeah. All right. So tell me about Rochelle Doreen events. My mission in general is, is to create these elevated experiences, exceptional service, really amazing places. So then I started to bring together a team of people who I had met in New York and I had worked with over the years who could bring different attributes to the table. So I have someone who's really into wine. I have someone who really loves doing weddings or really good at social media. And, you know, so they all have these amazing skills. They're all just great people that I was so eager to work with again. So I, I brought them on my team, but initially we wanted to focus more on destination and, and 2020 had been a year full of travel for us. Uh, and it took me some time to wrap my head around it. And, and I just had to think we can still deliver exceptional experiences um, far, but maybe we are focusing on domestic and maybe they just look a little bit different, but maybe they're a little smaller. 
they're a little closer to home or maybe they're virtual. And so that's kind of where we're at now, mm-hmm. working on virtual events into 2021 and 2022, we're really working on more intimate weddings. I do have quite a few of my weddings that just want to wait until they can have that three-person in-person wedding. I'm like, it might be a while, but you know, my clients are awesome. I just check in with them every quarter and I'll send them note, you know, how are you thinking of you for Mm -hmm. their, their, their wedding date? I sent them that it was supposed to be their wedding date. I sent them a bottle of champagne. I just don't see their wedding happening for another like year. But they're okay with that. I'm like, do you want to elope first? Do you want to have like a big party later? But they're like, nope, we're going to wait. They were more worried about me. They're like, what about you? And I'm like, don't, don't worry about me. I'm fine. Like, I'll figure it out. Like, I feel bad that you're not getting your, your wedding day that you were so excited about. But what about the vendors that you had arranged for them to use? Everybody kept their deposit and we will rebook. And we're all on board too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is I told them that, you know, as long as I know far enough in advance, I'll make the date happen no matter what, you know? Right, 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 right. <laughs> I, I want to be optimistic, but I, you know, I thought that this was only going to last three months and. Oh, we all did. Yeah. I was talking to clients and they said, all right, how about if we move it to September, October? And so I have a bunch of people that moved it from early 2020 to late 2020 mm-hmm. and then again to 21 or 22. Mm-hmm been a weird year but i am really hopeful i am i'm very optimistic about may and june i'm thinking yeah i mean certainly the fall of 21 yeah so define rochelle doreen events it depends on what size event you want to have we've done events of all sizes but i do really enjoy and love specializing in smaller intimate affairs and that tends to be 100 and under again i have done a thousand but i love that sweet spot of 100 and under i am based in newport beach california but pre-covid and after post-covid i i do bounce back and forth every other month. I have a team of three people in New York. I have a team of three of us here in California. Really, we we have an awesome team. And the thing is, is we're all creatives and we really want to bring all our events to life, whether it's a product launch or a wedding or a birthday party or a retreat, whatever it is, it's all about that elevated experience. And that's what we're bringing to the table. It's not this cookie cutter, one size fits all. It's really customization of, of all the experiences and we do like to find really unique spaces and location you know, that's probably going to be a bit closer than <laughs> than it used to be but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> currently we are producing these virtually and collaborating with some of our favorite vendors what you know i'm doing a little dance party in a couple weeks with the we will gather girls in new york every friday when everyone was stressed i made everyone get up off their desks and go next door to the room with me and have a dance party for a whole song. You had to dance. One song, get up, we're dancing for a song. I would record it in hyperlapse and I would post it and other people started doing it. And when I moved to California, I didn't necessarily have the big team in my room. You know, I didn't Mm -hmm. have that. So we weren't doing it anymore, but I did want to resolve to, to dance more because it is really uplifting and calming and we have to not be so serious all the time at the end of the day what we do is important but it's not life or death and we need to be able to have a laugh and and shake it off and not be consumed with stress and anxiety constantly so just being like you know what it's been a crazy week let's go next door and just dance for three minutes what whatever we're working on can wait three minutes 
<laughs> we resolved to do that. And then the We Will Gather girls were like, we should have a dance party. So we have a DJ coming on and, and he's going to DJ and we're all going to dance and we're going to invite some of our friends. We'll have to invite you. Y'all have to come virtually. In my head, I look like Usher. <laughs> but in reality, I look like Steve Martin or something. You know, it's just like, <laughs> I think I'm funky as hell. And oh. say, no, not so much. <laughs> well, you know, we'll, we'll it's sad. <laughs> no, it's, it's sad. I loved what you said about that events are incredibly stressful. And you came up with a brilliant idea to de-stress uh well this started in new york when i was producing massive amounts of events and i was feeling incredibly overwhelmed and right i couldn't find any way to clear my head i did yoga i've always been very active i'm a runner i could still think while i was doing those things you know the stress was so intense that i could still even when I was doing yoga, I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, I got to get to work. I got to do this. <laughs> when you're I, running the same thing. Yeah. I had brides and grooms being like, why are you texting me at 3.34 in the morning? Are you just going <laughs> to bed or are you waking up? And I'm like, because I would have such anxiety because I, you know, so many things going through my head that I would wake up in the middle of the night and be like, I got to get this out before I forget. forget I got it. Like, yeah. I got to get it out. Like, and they're like, I have brides telling me you need to sleep. <laughs> so um, it really just got to the point where I'm like, okay, my anxiety and my stress isn't contributing to my life in general, but it's also not, I, I can't be my best self for my clients, you know? So right. I had always been interested in trying Ariel because at an event I was producing, they had Arielists and I'm like, oh my gosh, I bet I could do that. I was a gymnast. I could do that. Like describe Ariel because Ariel. you talk about a rig yeah and I've seen pictures of you like dangling in the air oh. from a ribbon so Ariel is kind of like acrobatics dancing in the air on silk like Cirque du Soleil I had always wanted to try it after I had events here in California that we had hired Arielists for but not until I got to New York and was under all the stress that did I find a group on I got my friend to go with me. I'm a, we go with me and take this class. And she, after one class was like, no, thank you. You're crazy. I got it. Why? Cause it was too hard or, I, you know, just like climbing, being up in there. It's a lot of upper body strain. I just, I kept finding different studios and actually in New York, they're everywhere. They're all over. Really? They're, they're everywhere. It's huge. There's a huge circus community. So I, I found a class that was in between work and my home. So I could stop in the morning go to work. If I was feeling crazy at work, I could go take a class, come back. And it was the one thing I could do where I couldn't think about anything except for what I was doing because I had to focus on not breaking my neck initially. You know, uh, <laughs> you're just like, okay, I'm tangled here. You know, is my foot lock on? And it was something where I had to be so focused in creating and, and finding that state of flow and it's just the one thing I could do where I'm not thinking about anything else. And then, you so, know, as but my, actually literally describe the event. Like if you were to say gymnastics, I would immediately say, okay, yeah, I, I watch the Olympics every time it's on. Yeah. So I, I know what the balance beam is, you know, where I wouldn't know ordinarily. Mm -hmm. What is aerial? I, well, I mean, there's tons of different apparatuses that you're mm -hmm. performing on, but most people think of it as silks. So it's not actual silk 
it's just the term for it's just called silks okay they're called silks i just want to get my terminology right yeah yeah yeah. it's a long piece of fabric that has rigging at the top of the ceiling there's like a carabiner there's all these different rigging uh and and different um uh, tools that you need to have up there but and then you climb it and you do tricks and you you know you do drops and the most applause i ever get when i'm mm-hmm. like everyone's like so excited is just doing the splits but it's probably one of the easiest things that you could do up there it's really it make people are like whoa and it's like this is literally <laughs> i'm like literally just stretching so uh but it's yeah, 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 yeah. it's like really one of those moments that people really enjoy but um yeah so i started doing that and i got really into it i mean to the point where my friends are like are you ever going to hang out again you just do aerial all day you're either at work or you're doing aerial but it really was such a, a stress relief. Um, I have a, a freestanding rig that I set up outside and, um, you know, I, I instruct people that way. So were you certified to teach Ariel? Do you have to be so they, there's not certified? like an official certification, but I did get certified through a company in LA. I just thought, oh, it could be fun. I could teach here and there. Why not? I didn't know that I would be teaching this year. And it really has helped me stay sane and kind of connect connected with people and you know, um, obviously, you know, I am doing virtual events, but I'm not doing as many events as I would have had COVID not. Of course, of course. A thing. So, so it is a way for me to create, connect. It is a major outlet for me and, and, and staying balanced and, and managing my stress. And, you know, at the end of the day, so that I can come to the table and be more present and a better um, communicator and a better, I mean, it, trying to teach someone how to do silks talk about being a better communicator trying you know i mean trying to explain okay your hips are internal external your knees need to be bent heel to your butt knee to your nose like you have to really understand who you're working with and recognize what cues work for one person versus what cues work for someone else so talk about being a better communicator and better at like reading people in general like I just I mean I can't even I can't even tell you (laughs) it's been a really interesting journey to 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 do that and then try to do it virtually that's even harder because you can't physically touch someone you can't yeah you can't move their Mm -hmm. no move your hip this way instead of that way you can't touch them your right leg your other right your (laughs) (laughs) your other elbow in 2022 23 24 25 what would you like Rochelle Doreen events to be known for? Just really any outside of the box thinking, you know, I love brainstorming with my clients. How can we tell your story in a very creative way and still stay close to your mission? Not always an event with fire breathers and aerialists and bands. And sometimes it is more uh, mission focused, depending on whether it's an organization or a couple, especially right now when we're doing things virtually, like how are we holding on to your attention and, and getting that engagement that we're looking for. So contact me if you want to come up with some creative ideas. And I just have access to so many people in the industry that it's fun for me to be like, oh, you need this. Let me call that person or call that. And, and let's see. And, and again, like we started with connecting those dots. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so you actually have two 
websites or two Instagram yeah. presences because of the aerial, because you got so into the aerial stuff and the fact that you did it and you actually performed it. Yes, I did. But I you said that it got confusing that some of your clients would say, wait, are you performing at my wedding or are you do or are yeah. you it planning did, it? It did get pretty confusing. I don't know. I, I definitely liked the idea of having Rochelle Doreen events. I am your event producer. I'm going to, you know, handle all the creative logistics. That's it. Yeah. And I liked having Rochelle Doreen who does aerial. So I actually changed my name on my Instagram for my aerial. My middle name's Doreen, which is a combination of both my grandmother's names, Maureen and Doris. And they were very near and dear to me. I felt like my middle name was underutilized and so important to me and who I am as a person. So one of the girls at my work would always tease me because I'm always doing things and not as much now um, in quarantine, but I was, you know, going to shows, going here, going there, trying this, trying that, doing aerial. Doing... And she would always be, say, hashtag Doreen does it. <laughs> that then became my Instagram handle, Doreen does it. And then I changed my name to Doreen Doez. So I do do aerial. I have performed. I love doing it. It's more for fun. I am not performing at your wedding. I am planning your wedding. I'm planning your event. But if you do want an aerialist, I know 101 aerialists that will perform for you. <laughs> okay. I did perform at one person's party, a friend of mine, as a surprise. And I just thought it would be funny for me to drop from the ceiling <laughs> when he came out. So I did. And he, he was like, what the heck? And all my friends were like, because at the time I lived in New York and it was in L.A., and right. they're like, what are you doing here? Just hanging from the ceiling. No one even knew I, it's when I first started doing aerial. No one even knew I decided to be funny. It was a little birthday gift. That is hysterical. So you flew in and dropped down from the ceiling, literally? Literally. So it, it depends on the venue, on how high the ceilings are. Sometimes it's more static and they're just pouring champagne for the guests. Usually they'll do something like that on like a lollipop lira. Or they're not really moving. They're just making positions and pouring champagne. So someone will hang from the ceiling holding a champagne bottle and you just walk up to them and, yep. and they'll... Yeah. yeah, we've definitely done that. That is so before. cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people love it. It's a really cool photo op. It's a lot of fun. But like performances, it really just depends if they want them to be the focal point. They're going to do an act or if they're just background ambient stuff. I actually performed at the slipper room I told you did I tell you this no 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 what's the slipper room oh the slipper room is a um my friend is a singer his name's Saul he does a Sammy Davis Jr. show Mr. Wonderful no kidding uh, yeah does he they, imitate Sammy Davis Jr. yeah he like sings a lot of the songs they, they, it's really cool he's very talented I'll have to introduce you to him he's so great yeah, yeah, yeah. he was like hey would you perform while I sing and and he sang Blackbird uh or bye bye Bye-bye Blackbird. Bye-bye Blackbird. And yeah. I wore all black and I was in a hoop and I performed while he was singing. You were the Blackbird. I was the Blackbird. I just more or less was performing for fun. I wasn't gigging, so to speak. The girls that I perform with, that I train with, I've hired them to perform at like tons of my events. So Is that like a way to make a living for, do, do people think of them that or is it oh. always just an exercise? I mean, no one becomes like a professional aerialist oh, to gosh, make a yeah. full living oh. at that. Yeah, they do. Performing, gigging. Oh gosh, yeah. especially in New York. Are you kidding? I mean, those girls, they make, they make good money. I mean, it's hard work because you can't, you can't perform aerial for 40 hours a week. You'll die. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, they do make decent money. A lot of them have to have other jobs as well, but I know lots of performers in 
that's what they do and that's their whole life. I'm a big supporter of, of the arts and, and um, performers and it's been really hard for a lot of them in New York specifically. I know a group that does virtual aerial shows, which is really cool because now they can open it up to like global performers. You pay money and it goes to all the performers. You get a ticket and everybody performs and different locations and, and then they split the money amongst yeah, yeah. Farmers, it's it's really nice. So um, it's hard right now, but typically, yeah, you can make money, pretty good money. But it's not a long term career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think I, I don't know. Um, I do know one woman who. You don't see I, a lot of people in their sixties doing. I this. met. I had a teacher that was teaching me that was in her sixties, and I was like, "What?" I didn't know she was in her sixties. Yeah. I'm like you're a freak of nature. Like, what do you do? Like, aren't you tired? <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I I would say a short term career. I don't know about long term, but yeah. You know. Yeah, that is. I mean, funny. just like any kind of circus performer, you know. It's always been fascinating to me. Anytime I went to, not that I go to a lot of circuses, but I mean, like, my hands would always get sweaty watching yeah. the aerialists. I'm not the one up there who's going to die. It's like, why am I nervous? <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm nervous for them. It's like, I can't believe that people would have, A, the balls to do that stuff. Oh, yeah. But you know what? Again, it's like an adrenaline thing. Like, I did a whole backstage tour of one of the Cirque shows when it came to, I think it was on Roosevelt Island in New York. Went backstage, they showed us everything. And, and we talked to some of the performers. And it is such a well-oiled machine. Like, I mean, it is really like time, like everybody's you're focused and you're, you're doing what you need to do and you trust everyone. It's a family. Yeah. We all work together. We have a script. No one deters from that script because if you're off by five seconds and you're supposed to pull up a net and someone's or a fraction in, of a second, I, serious. You, and yeah. some of the performers yeah. told me and I'm like, gosh, isn't it scary jumping? Like, and they're like, well, we can't see anything. The lights are in our face. So we don't even know if the net's up. We just trust that it is. Oh, wow. And I'm like jumping without seeing a net. Can you imagine? No. But they don't know the net's there until they, I mean, they assume it's there. But Jesus. Um, I just can't even imagine. I'm telling you, on my bucket list, I want to jump out of a plane. Okay. I'll go with you. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, so you'll come with me. I know you will because... Yeah. Rochelle does it. <laughs> she does. <laughs> Would you go with me? Sure. I'm in. I've always, I've kind of wanted to. I've wanted to for the longest time and I can't find anybody to go with me and I'm too chicken to go by myself. Oh yeah. No, I'll definitely go. I mean, yeah, I would never, well, I don't think they'll even allow you to jump alone. I'd never jump alone. I think the first time they, they harness you into is somebody. I think I would just pass out. Don't you think you would just be like, freaking out and just maybe faint. I've never fainted before, but I think if I was going to faint, it would be jumping out of a plane. Now, mind you, I'm someone who's never been on a roller coaster or a Ferris wheel. That's why I'm so fascinated by this aerialist stuff. But jumping out of a plane, we literally giving up control. Yeah. And for a control freak, like probably all of us are, I think that's the hardest part. Literally the concept of giving up control. Yeah. So I was a, a competitive cheerleader. I was a base and they asked if I wanted to be a flyer and I couldn't do flying because I needed to be in control. I couldn't have anyone throwing me. I needed to be the one catching. I needed to be the one throwing. And even in aerial, when we do, sometimes I'll do like a workshop where 
we have to partner up with someone and, you know, uh-huh. doing some kind of trick, but I'm like, I'll be the base. I'll be the one holding you. I'll be the one catching you. I don't, I don't trust anyone to throw or catch me. So how are we <laughs> going to jump out of a plane? <laughs> I don't know. They're going to have to drag me out. I think we'll have to get either very drunk or (laughs) a lot of Valium or something. (laughs) I'll do it with you. Okay. Okay. You can hold me to it. There's so many things we can do. Let's dream them up. Let's dream big. I know. And let's let's jump out of planes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So how do people follow you? Uh, so you can follow me at, uh, at Rochelle and that's R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E, Doreen Events. And it's D-O-R-E-E-N and Events. Um, so you can follow me there. Uh, my website's Rochelle Doreen Events. There's not a lot of Rochelle Doreen, so pretty easy to Google and find. <laughs> and if you want to yep. follow my alter ego. I do. It's Doreen Does It. Doreen does it. Okay. And that's on Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> You'll put pictures of us jumping out of planes when yes, we do it? Yes. Absolutely. All right. Doreen does it I, with Doug. Yeah. I think I'm going to own that. <laughs> I like that. That's so funny. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this and yeah. for sharing some time with us and giving us some wisdom. Yeah. Absolutely. Anytime. And uh, I hope we uh, get to see each other live soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. So how great is she? Seriously. The whole thing about Ariel and coping with stress in such a physically and emotionally positive way, I think she's just terrific. Just a quick reminder that you can find me on Instagram at Doug Winters, Inc. My website is DougWintersMusic.com and the podcast is is at Wedding Wisdom Podcast with Doug Winters on Apple and Spotify. Until next Monday, please stay safe. Bye-bye now.